0: Hello and welcome to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am your host Arye Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmInTheAm.org or on NachumSiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. For many of us, Father's Day is just around the corner. It's an awesome place to stop by and get something for your dad, husband, or just somebody else that you'd like to purchase a Father's Day gift for, whether that's awkward or not. Uh, we're extremely excited today, uh, to have a different type of guest on our show. Um, it's, uh, we, we've spoken a lot about consumer products. We've spoken a lot about technology. We've spoken a fair amount about entrepreneurship. We always on our show here on Tech Talk try to have a connection or relationship to, you know, what we like to call startup nation, uh, the connectivity in between the, uh, phenomenal ideas that are coming out of Israel on a daily basis, but also their application in business and the environment and the culture that's created. Uh, today on the show, we have a unique, uh, I'd say, synthesis of all of those things coming together and we are privileged to have a founder and the director of marketing for Cups app, Gilad Rotem. Gilad, are you on the phone?
1: Yes, Hey, are you? How are you?
0: Thank you, Thank, you. Thank you so
1: much for joining us today. Uh I am great I am great working hard but um but loving here loving being in the city and uh, and seeing cups here
0: And Syn Cups. Well, we're going to get to Cups in a minute, but before we get to that, we we have I I believe you're number two or three on our show as being an actual native-born Israeli, as opposed to an American who went to Israel to get involved in the startup scene, etc. And you actually are an Israeli who came to New York and created a startup company here. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's almost right. We actually launched Cups in Israel. and we started there, we wanted to test it out in Tel Aviv, as Tel Aviv being a test market for us, and then we launched it in New York when we wanted to to see Cups at a bigger scale, I would say.
0: Okay, so without, so, I guess, any further ado, tell us what Cups is and, and how you started it.
1: Sure. So um, Cups is a coffee subscription app for independent coffee shops, <clears throat> meaning that we are when we go into a city, we create a network of independent coffee shops, and with our mobile app, we offer different prepaid plans, either a prepaid number of cups or simply an unlimited monthly coffee subscription. With it, our users can go to any coffee shop working with us and get their cup of joe. It's um, In a way, you can look at it as the Starbucks app only for independent coffee shops.
0: So if I want to go um, to my coffee shop on the yeah. corner and they're in your network or I want to go to the coffee shop next to my office and they're also in your network, while they might not be the same brand, in theory, having membership through you may be able to enable me to enjoy the cup of coffee in both places but only paying one
1: location. Exactly. exactly. So you're buying basically a cross-business subscription. Um, Those shops will be unrelated at all, different atmosphere, different coffee, different brand. But the subscription will work for all of them, yeah.
0: Okay, so how did you come up with this idea?
1: Um, We're five founders in the company. We're good friends. We've known each other on different levels, but since uh, even primary school, some of us. And the idea, um, actually, it came up. We were all sitting at my living room, I think it was, and we were talking about an American startup called MoviePass. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's, okay, give, uh, they, give our
0: audience, uh, you know, two minutes or, or or even less on what Movie Passes.
1: Okay, sure. So, um, Movie Passes uh, probably less. Uh, it's um, unlimited movie subscription for not Netflix, but rather for going to the um, cinema. So you, I think I'm not sure exactly how they work, or if they, you know, what, I'm not sure if they even exist still. But back then, um, you would buy a subscription. You could go to watch as many movies as you'd like, a monthly subscription. And then in the beginning, we thought about doing that in Israel. And then someone, I can't say or remember who, uh, said, why not do it for coffee? And, and that's when the idea was born. And back then, we all had our day jobs and weren't ready to quit them uh, at all. But we, saw, we felt like we wanted to see this idea come to life. So we started talking to coffee shops in Tel Aviv and started working on a very basic version of the app only for iPhone in the beginning and and testing this thing out seeing if how it's received how it's uh, received in uh, in Tel Aviv and the reception was pretty incredible we got a lot of PR in Israel and a lot of people were really excited about it. a lot of people signed up and and that's why it, that's when we only launched with eight coffee shops in Tel Aviv um so after a few months, we also realized that while this thing is, uh, is, uh, is nice, it could be much bigger if we actually did this full time. So we quit our day jobs and started working on COPS full time. In the meantime, also realizing that, uh, seeing the model work in Tel Aviv is probably not enough. And we wanna, we wanna test this thing in a bigger city. And that's when the decision to come to New York um, happened. I came here at the end of October last year. um, In the beginning, just to research the market, understand the differences between the coffee and coffee shop culture in Tel Aviv and New York, and if we want to launch in New York, and how exactly and where, and a lot of those stuff. And then we launched uh, a month ago. We're currently working with 50 coffee shops in the city.
0: Wow. And, and is, is Cups still in existence in Tel Aviv?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, Cups is in, it's growing in Tel Aviv and it's a profitable business and, and we love it. But as I said, like the operation, it's clear that it's not huge. The market is too small there. That's, re- that's one of the reasons that we came here.
0: Sure, sure. And, and did everybody come here or only part of the team came here?
1: We're So we're five founders. The tech and product guys came here for a while. They were here for, I would say, two three months. Uh, but now they're in Israel, and they're probably going to stay in Israel because it just makes more sense on our end. Um, the more business-oriented founders are here.
0: Okay, so the CEO and, and, and marketing and, and yes. obviously sales yes. is located here. Yes. Uh, So, so for, for the audience out there listening, so first of all, we're, we're speaking with Gilad Rotem from a company called Cups. The website is Cups, like you would spell it, C-U-P-S-A-P-P dot com, Cups app, Mm -hmm. like having an app, but having the word Cups before it. If you check it out, when you first, uh, uh, load up the page, and I encourage everybody to go straight to the, Mm -hmm. straight to that page, Cups app, it looks busy. And then you get a feeling of how awesome is this? This is the the feeling that you get as you're running through the city. You know, you're looking to get a cup of coffee, and then you sort of see that last piece that sort of says, ah, you know, I you know, this morning, for example, I <laughs> went up with a headache until I got my cup of coffee, and sort of the world is is a little bit more frenetic. You get your cup of coffee, you see it being poured, and then you have sort of that uh, that level of enjoyment. You're ready to uh, to attack the world uh, and go about uh, go about your grind, and and it's a beautifully done sight. Certainly, that are lots of locations, and if you guys just started here in October, uh, that's pretty awesome also. So so we'll, we'll get to sort of the details in terms of how CUPS works, why it works for a consumer, etc. You already have 50 locations in New York. I have to imagine that there are potentially thousands. Do you see this only working in big cities? Do you see this being national? Is it potentially regional, international? What, what are your thoughts in that direction?
1: Well, we see CUPS working – um we see cups working in every place where there is competition between coffee shops. That's the way I would say it. Um, obviously, we're focusing most of our efforts in the in the big you know let's say thirty two NFL cities uh, first of all, you know we start with New York and we already have plans for the next city. I can't say exactly which one it would be, but uh, we plan to be in five more cities in the next six months in the u s. So, yes, we're starting with cities. Um, I can tell you that Cups is probably not going to work in a really small town in the suburbs where you have one Starbucks location, location. Um, but definitely anywhere that you have small, independent businesses and small chains trying to compete either with each other or obviously with Starbucks and uh, Dunkin' Donuts more in the East Coast.
0: Sure. So... What is your? So you came here October. You already have 50 locations. Obviously, yeah. some of them are smaller chains. So you, maybe it's it's 35 different companies you're working with. Yeah. What value proposition are you giving them? What's what's their value that you're that you're selling them on to be one of your preferred uh, vendors?
1: Right. So the main value for a coffee shop is simply bringing in. More customers and therefore more revenue. Now, what we're providing this coffee shop is a means to do that. To do it that, he can't. It can't do by itself. So one is the the app development itself. The having the mobile app, which for most coffee shops, especially the independent ones, um, is something that is way out of their financial reach. Um, but second, and probably the bigger thing is here, is that we are creating a new kind of coffee shop chain We're creating a new kind of it, it, you could call it an independent a coffee shop chain of independent coffee shops um, meaning that even if a coffee shop were able to develop an app and offer an unlimited coffee subscription it would never be as appealing as the cup subscription because it will always be for that just one location or even if it's a small chain so three locations but it's never going to be able to compete with Starbucks that has over 200 locations just in Manhattan. So that's why people, that's why consumers buy, that's one of the reasons uh, consumers get the Cups subscription because they know much like the Starbucks app that wherever they go, if it's next to their office or next to their house or next to their girlfriend's house, they have a coffee shop that they can get coffee in. And in a way, we're giving independent coffee shops economies of scale that were. Until now, only available for big chains with a lot of locations. And doing all of that without – and that's the key thing here – without hurting or touching their independent character.
0: So so there are two value propositions. I see the value add for the coffee shop. You're providing technology that an independent or a small chain would never be able to create or it would be cost prohibitive for them to create and four i guess it's both a value add for the consumer as well as for the coffee shop owner there's a there's a power of scale that if you own one two or three stores it's not the same as 50 so that that's for sure true now now let's pivot for a moment to the person who downloads your app, and you can see mm-hmm. it here on the website. You can get it both in Google Play on Android devices or at the Apple Store. And it's mm-hmm. right now actually I'm getting it on my uh, um, Samsung Galaxy as we speak. Um, mm-hmm. That a- as you download that, is there a commitment that you're making to the consumer? Have you tested the coffee, the environment, the cleanliness, the or or you what? What am yes. I getting? When I go to a Starbucks, I know that a grande whatever is going to be that size and sort of that level of quality. Does cups okay, yeah. work on that? So, what, how does that work?
1: So that's um, let me touch first of all about why people, why do people deposit money in the Starbucks app in the first place? Sure. So, <clears throat> I see, let's say, three main reasons for it. Um, one is the ease of use. And the convenience in using your phone instead of your wallet cash credit. Second is the variety of, is the, just the number of locations, what I mentioned before. You know, wherever you'll go, there is a Starbucks. And third, and that's touching on what you said, is the consistency. Um, I know that I like Starbucks coffee, whether it's burnt coffee or whatever, I like it. And I know I'm going to get the same cup of coffee and the same taste wherever I'll go. So I'm willing to commit. I'm willing to pay in advance because I, I know I'm going to like the product and with cops it's both it's our challenge and our advantage the way I see it. on one hand we're giving uh, a different refreshing experience every time because our coffee shops are different which is great. on the other hand, we have to form some we have to have some level of curation in our in our network uh, because I understand that users our users will not will not be willing to pay for a subscription if they're going to be surprised every time. Or if one of the coffee shops, the coffee sucks, and the other, the coffee is great. They want to know. They want to be sure. And that's definitely what we're doing. We're we're maintaining uh, a standard of coffee shops we accept into our chain. Obviously, there are better ones, and there are some who are not as good, but all um, are by our standards.
0: So I know a lot of people who would very much like the the job and I don't think you even need to pay them to be your official coffee taster for all <laughs> new potential uh uh potential uh, uh stores or for your current stores. Um mm-hmm. it, it might it might even be fun to open up to the audience uh to tweet at uh at @you um to see whether mm-hmm. there would be you know if they can recommend their favorite sort of local coffee shop because I know people are passionate about mm-hmm. that. I'm I'm go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, this is actually, what what we found, um, what I love about the American audience, but we didn't see so much in the Israeli audience is how involved and how engaged they are with brands and talking to brands and using social media to do that. Um, So, you know, just days after we launched, we kept getting on Twitter different, like uh, tweeting at us and at the coffee shop that they want to see on board, you know, saying, Hey XX Coffee Shop, why don't you join Cops App? Like um, doing a lot of that, and that was that was great for us because it actually helped us get those coffee shops. Ha! Um, I love
0: it. Yeah. So for for yeah. for the audience out there, um, again, you can follow me at Lightstone A. It's always fun to remind you of that. But check out <laughs> Cups App, which is C U P S A P P. So at yeah. Cups App, tweet them. I'm just seeing their Twitter page and, uh, it's fun. Like you said, there's a lot of engagement in between yeah. the audience. I'll just read out one of the, uh, one of the tweets that, uh, that I see here, which is, uh, huak at Cupsap has waffle truck covered too. And then hashtag how to win over sleep deprived students. So, uh, <laughs> you obviously have some student out there who, uh, you know, is looking for, uh, for, uh, you know, their, their fill of coffee to make it through a right now final season over here and, and, and was yeah. thrilled to find another place that you had covered uh, with Cups app. That's got to make you feel pretty good, I assume. So that's uh, that's exciting. Oh, definitely.
1: Don't... definitely. There are, uh, I especially love the Starbucks-related tweets. Um, one girl tweeted that she would trade her Starbucks gold card for the Cups app, which I found uh, amusing.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now that's uh, and you were featured in the New York Times not all that long ago. I'm going to make sure to retweet that out so the audience has a chance to see that. Want to take this yeah. moment and to remind everybody that you're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host Arya Lightstone. You can listen to us on org or com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Uh, this be a reminder for all of our listeners out there, uh, if you don't have our app and you're not listening to us uh, streaming live on the app, you should make sure to download that. Uh, so make sure you go and find the Nachum Siegel app, because uh, that's quite apropos. We're speaking to Gilad Rotem here from Cups. Uh, he has a really cool company. Uh, it's called Cups App. And, uh, you have a chance to, uh, to bring a sort of the, the power of a national brand, uh, with a, uh, you know, uh, independent coffee stores. And if you're on their website, which is again cupsapp.com, uh, you'll see there's a map here. And on that map, pretty much anywhere you are, certainly in Midtown and Lower, you got a cup store pretty close to you, uh, and it seems as though it's branching out. So, uh, if you are a coffee lover and you're in Manhattan, or it looks like maybe here a little bit, uh, Long Island City, uh, you should go and check out the Cups app, download it, and, and start getting some of the benefits that you would get from a Starbucks card, but from, uh, you know, independently owned and operated coffee stores. So we're excited to have Gilad on. Um, how have you found uh, being an Israeli entrepreneur in New York City.
1: Wow, um, it was. I think unlike unlike many Israeli entrepreneurs that come to New York, our story is a little bit different because we decided to launch <clears throat> a very sorry a very local very local business here. Uh, it's not like you know you're an ad tech company and you're opening office sales offices here. Um, we were five Israelis. None of us uh, born in the States. None of us had any American roots, um, and we, you know, we just wanted to come here and start talking to American coffee shop owners and and sign them up to a service that doesn't exist yet. And we have to convince them that it's doing well in Israel, which you know, some of them, most of them heard about it, but none of them know exactly what's uh, what's happening over there in the Middle East, and and definitely don't know about the coffee culture there. And then after we've done that, you have to sell uh, a product to American consumers. So, actually, when we when we came here and started doing the research, we also realized that we we would need the help in um, in building our network in New York. And we decided to join an accelerator program here um, called ERA, Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's one of the I would say top ten accelerators in the U.S. And they have helped us a lot. Um, they have helped; they gave us exactly that um, instant access to the New York network of uh, investors and different entrepreneurs and different influential people here in the city that you know, it would have taken us a long time if we were able to get to that network by ourselves.
0: So can, can you walk our audience, please, through the process of you can't just show up at ERA and knock
1: and say, oh, no. hi, we're
0: here with an idea. How does that work?
1: So um, essentially for every accelerator, the way it works is that you you apply online. They have different ERA specifically has two classes a year, the winter and the summer program. We just finished the winter program that started in January. Um, you apply online and then if you are selected after the online applications, you're invited to uh... the first stage of interviews and then there's a second stage of interviews and then you're either accepted or not uh... Um, era i think they get more than uh, fifteen hundred applications for each class and then ten wow. companies are actually in the class in the end Um so we were very fortunate to be one of those ten companies Um so yeah that was uh, that was it we applied to the accelerator and uh... Got in eventually.
0: And was there an advantage to that you had a startup company in Tel Aviv that was already working? Do you think that that uh, yes. played to your yes, advantage?
1: Yes. It definitely played to our advantage, yeah. Um, I think we were a little bit different. Most companies that uh, go to accelerators are at, at, sorry, at uh, an earlier stage than us. Mm-hmm. Um, we were already we already, it was in Israel, not here, but we already had a product that was running and had paying customers, so that definitely helped us here, yeah.
0: And, and how, how was the, you know, one of the, the goals and for audience not necessarily familiar with how these incubators work, there's a lot of sharing of ideas, resources, I mean that, that's yeah. a very immersive experience for five Israelis without much of a connection to America before, what was that like from a cultural perspective for you?
1: So um, the ERA program is very intensive. It's uh, It's four months um, of, of intense work with a lot of uh, mentorship, mentor meetings coming into the offices and helping us out in different areas, from products to uh, user interface design um, to raising to fundraising to marketing, sales, everything. Um, on the social side, I would say, first of all, who we are definitely, like, known as the Israelis, you know, the loud Israelis in the group. <laughs> um, but I also felt, I've never been to an American college, but in a way it felt kind of like a, a college experience, you know, because you're with those people uh, almost 24-7, and you work during the day, and you go out drinking at night, and it was, uh, it was fun, it was fun, and also very intense.
0: Um, that is, uh <laughs> to 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 me, both to, to describe, you know, sort of what it was like for you and for everybody else to see how they related to you uh was was certainly, certainly sounds interesting. I, I'd have to imagine yeah. because you had put together a successful business in Tel Aviv, was there, did you play a little bit the, the role of a big brother there? Is that, am I just guessing that or hmm. did that exist? Um,
1: no, you know, I, no, I wouldn't say that, no, um, We felt, oh, we felt very much like, uh, like the other companies because even though we have that business in in Israel here, it felt almost like we're starting something new. Ah. We're still building. When we started, uh, the accelerator, we still, you know, we, I think we had 10 coffee shops signed up here at the time, no, no product live yet, nothing. So we're definitely still at an early stage in New York. Uh, okay, so so it,
0: it felt like a real startup, even even if you had the business model, which begs the question yeah. to me. And 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 I don't mean to sound ignorant, although when I have people on with technology and entrepreneurship, inevitably it's about a topic I don't know a tremendous amount about. But to me, it feels like the coffee culture in Tel Aviv may have more mm-hmm. in common with the coffee culture in Europe than it does in New York City. So. Did, did it ever cross your mind that this would be something to be built in Paris or London or or Italy before coming here?
1: Um, yes, yes and no. We knew that we wanted to uh, leave Tel Aviv and go to another city. When we started thinking about different possibilities for the next cities, I think the first thing that we knew is that we want to do it ourselves. We're not interested in hiring a local person at that country or city. We're not interested in franchising cops. We want to do it ourselves. And and that's when the first barrier came, which was the language barrier. We knew we can't do it ourselves in a country that doesn't speak English. Uh, unfortunately, there are normal countries who speak Hebrew, so we had to go <laughs> for our second language. Um, and then in Europe, it's you're narrowed down to London, basically, and right. or the U.S., um, and then London was definitely some, the city we were considering, considering seriously. Um, it's hard for me to say why exactly we tried New York. We, we came to New York actually to, because of some preliminary research that we did, just researching coffee shops, independent coffee shops, and big chains in the city. And then when I came here, we weren't 100% sure we were going to launch here. It was actually to to further the research, to, to like, dig deeper into the differences between Tel Aviv and New York, and if there are differences, is it something only on the business end, or do we need to make changes to the app itself to actually launch here? And we did. There are differences. Um, I think one of the biggest things that actually, that affected our product was the fact that in in Israel, 80% of people who go to coffee shops, drink a small cappuccino. That's their drink. Like, really, almost everyone, that's what they drink, which uh, made life much easier for us because the way we work in Israel is that we pay per coffee shop per cup sold at their location through the app. Now, we pay them a fixed price. That's roughly an average of the drinks that are sold there, and it's easy for us to estimate that average to an accurate level because it's a small cappuccino usually. Um, in the States, it's a different story. Here, in our coffee shops, 50%, 60% drink brewed coffee, the regular American coffee, um, which is usually an average $2 drink. And then you have the fancier drinks, the cappuccinos, the lattes, which are on average $4. So there was no way we could pay the coffee shop one amount for both of them. There was also no way we could offer one subscription plan that would cover both, because either it would be too expensive, and then the brewed coffee people won't drink it, or it would be too cheap, and then we can't bear those costs.
0: Right, then you would lose so, money. Correct, right?
1: Exactly. So we had to separate. So on the consumer side, uh, in the US, we offer two plans. One that is uh, that gives you the brewed coffee only and tea, and that's um, just. Pricing example, that would be $45 a month for the unlimited or one that includes all premium drinks plus the food, of course, and that would be 85 a month for the unlimited. And, and, looking at, and
0: yeah. you make your money because you're you buying in bulk. You're going to the store so, and right. saying, so we, uh, yeah. go ahead.
1: We pay the coffee shop. Our business model is very, very simple. We generate revenue from selling these plans to consumers. Then we pay the coffee shops per cup. Whenever uh, a customer of cups went to a coffee shop and got his cup of coffee, we that transaction is registered. And we pay at the end of the month for the coffee shop for all those cups. Now, obviously, buying in bulk, uh, we get a discount on that coffee.
0: Uh-huh. So you so you have a volume game, the more stores. I'd have to imagine and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't been mm-hmm. into a Cups Coffee store yet, but next time I'm in the city, I'm going to make sure to do so. Um yeah. when you walk into, here I'm just going to pull up uh one of your uh uh one of your stores over here. So we'll give a special shout out to Pushcart Coffee on 362 Second mm-hmm. Avenue. Uh when I go there is there a sign that says, uh, you know, use cups? Is there – how do I know that it's a cup store and are they also pushing yeah. their customers to sign up for well, cups?
1: Yeah. So first of all, um, you know that the store is there because you have the app yourself and you're a cups customer. So you're going there and you know, you know you're know you seeing it uh, in the app. But also they have a sticker on the door um, and some of the coffee shops also have like these small stands by the cash register. Okay. Um so, yeah, so that's how you know. And then you go there and you can get your coffee if you have a plan. Yeah, but also I want to say that we offer everyone who downloads the app and just signs in. You don't have to put in a credit card or anything. You get one cup for free on us. So your first cup of coffee is always free through the Cups app.
0: Okay, nice. Um, so let, let's, with, with that yourself. in mind, and we like free, let's encourage everybody <laughs> out there again. First of all, follow Cups app on Twitter, at Cups app. Go to their website. Uh, cupsapp.com uh, you know it's it's pretty easy. it's it's a great site. It, it's self-explanatory. You'll see the locations if you're in Manhattan and you like coffee to me it seems to be a no-brainer unless for whatever reason you're a Starbucks exclusive um, which does you know neither here nor there I'm not here talking about quality of coffee one way or another, but there's something special about the independent coffee places and I think you know the 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 wide, a uh, uh, geographic area here that you have covered it seems very worthwhile to have this uh, on your phone for accessibility etc and it sounds like you you know, the unlimited Does Starbucks even offer an unlimited type of card to me this sounds like the no. first unlimited no, no, card no, no, I've ever don't. heard of
1: yeah yeah they don't uh, we're the first to offer an unlimited coffee subscription um yeah that's awesome I mean to me
0: that's that's a whole separate Story, can you just – can you, you know, sort of as we wrap up, can you tell me what the what the thought process was behind there that you're introducing a new way to purchase coffee? To me, why aren't you charging just for each cup?
1: Um, This is a product we found could be – you know, people are buying it and we found that it could be profitable for us as well. So that's pretty much it. This is something that people buy, so we're selling it.
0: I, I just think it's very creative. I think there are two concepts. Number mm-hmm. one is to to give leverage to the independent stores to be able to have some of that access, both the technology and customer loyalty that larger brands have. Uh, but secondly, meaning it, it does take some guts to be able to say, I'm going to tell you how to buy your coffee differently uh, mm-hmm. than you've bought it before, that you're going to buy it monthly as opposed to buying – uh, you know, buying it by the cup, and that that that's really interesting. It, it, you know, I it, even while we were talking about it, until I'm saying it out loud now, I'm like, that's just a whole different way to approach the consumer, and that's that's do you, is, is that what you've done uh, done in Tel Aviv as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. In Tel Aviv, we launched also with an unlimited subscription.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, and up here at the very top of their webpage, uh, there is a place for coffee shop owners. So if you're a coffee shop owner um, and uh, you have any interest in getting involved with Cups and you're an independent owner, it certainly sounds like it makes sense to me that you get involved. Make sure that you go to cupsapp.com and have a chance to uh, to check it out. Can you tell me in the just a little bit of time that we've got left, Gilad, what else – you think that uh, either you've learned, or, or or you'd like to share with the audience, either about cups or about being an Israeli entrepreneur coming here to America.
1: Um, it's uh, it's it's very exciting to be here. I have to be honest. As much as we miss Israel, uh, and my wife and I, um, this is people always, you know, you hear a lot about uh, people going to America because it's just. Easier to do business here, I guess, and there are more opportunities here. And I definitely feel that after living in the states for what is seven months now, um, yeah, you you suddenly feel okay. This is where I can actually grow a business. It's not. It doesn't have to be that difficult.
0: And, so, and is that because simply exciting. the size, or is it regulation? Meaning what? I. What, I what say, is it that you, that you think in, appeals well, the most feel, to you? Well,
1: I actually feel it's the it's the consumers. I feel that there is um the, the culture here of spending money or having or you know what maybe because you just have a little bit more of available income to spend on, you know, people spend on themselves to have fun to enjoy themselves. Um, it's just it makes the economy just a little bit more invigorated than than in Israel.
0: Ah. Uh-huh because because you, uh, you it 's funny there, there was a there 's a mayoral campaign. you moved here just as as Bill de Blasio wound up getting elected, um, and mm-hmm. one of the major themes of the New York City mayoral campaign was is there such thing as a middle class and i I mm-hmm. see that the majority of the the coffee shops that you have here are in Manhattan, and there 's sort of yeah. a concept that Manhattan has an economy all to itself that uh uh, you know, whether it's disposable income, we're, we're certainly one of the least affordable cities in the world to live in. But oh, I'd have definitely. to imagine that I guess technically we're also one of the wealthiest cities uh, in the world. Yeah. So um, right. e- even if it's only the one percent that can afford your product, which I'm not positive, it sounds like well more than the one no, no, there, percent. There's a lot of one percent in this city.
1: That's true. It's uh, we,
0: this, disproportionately represented. Actually,
1: but what we're doing is actually making this. The city's coffee shop, coffee shop scene or the independent coffee shop scene actually more, more convenient, more accessible to, to more people.
0: Right, and you're helping, you know, from, from, from an interesting perspective. Maybe somebody from the mayor's office will be listening to us right now and say mm-hmm. this is exactly one of the, the platforms that he ran on. How do you, how do you enable the independent store owners who are mostly new york located new york employees and employers how do you allow right. them to compete with the starbucks of the world how do you make sure that the big boxes don't shut you out and uh, and it sounds to a great degree that uh that you've done this do you what, would there been, be any thoughts, while I still have you on the phone, would there be any thoughts of a concept like this even in the bodega world on a, on a sort of the Walmart version of the Cups app?
1: Um, it's, it's a good question. What I mentioned before about us curating the coffee shops, so I'll be honest, right now we're not introducing um, delis or coffee carts into the service. Right. Simply because right. that's... That's the kind of service we wanted to to give. Um,
0: right. When somebody has a cup's so. app, they expect a certain level of of um, yeah. product. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're you're not and, selling seventy five cent cups of coffee. You're selling two dollar exactly. cups of coffee. and That's correct. I get it.
1: And and also if someone you know the people who are buying the seventy five cent coffee, I also don't think it would make sense for them to get the cup subscription, if that's the coffee that they're buying and that's what they're spending. Money onto, you know it, it wouldn't make sense. It
0: wouldn't save right. the money. Right. I'm just curious, and this is again just speaking out loud. You know, if there was a way using the cups methodology, but you know, like TED has TED, and then there's TEDx. There's uh, the slightly more affordable way to to do things, and that was a terrible analogy because mm-hmm. TEDx versus TED isn't a cost mm-hmm. function. But uh, you know. Cups light, right? Where, where, where if they were spending 75 cents, that might be a consumer who would be more sensitive to only having to spend 65 cents, uh, on the cup of coffee. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? Could be. Who could knows? Be, yeah. It's an interesting thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, it
0: is. And, and have you had here in, uh, in, uh, and with this, this, this will be the last question that, uh, that we get to squeeze in. Have you found as a Israeli entrepreneur here in New York that there is a, um, environment of Israeli entrepreneurs here, meaning excluding CUPS. Are there other people that you've been able to connect with in that way that, uh, that uh, sort of are going through the same cultural adjustments, the same geographic adjustments? Is that where your yeah. community is, or do you feel that it's a, you no, know, that you're part of the regular New York City uh, community?
1: Well, I feel, I feel like I'm fortunate to be part of both. I'm part of the New York general tech community or startup community but also definitely being israelis there's a lot of uh, a lot of groups a lot of meetups a lot of ways to connect with other israeli business people and entrepreneurs here in the city starting from facebook groups to uh to different meetings yeah and and israelis are known to help each other out a lot um especially abroad and and i we've we've definitely felt that help here yeah
0: that's got to be very special because if not, I can imagine this being a somewhat lonely uh, uh, thing. Yeah. You, you have the chance to come with your wife and some of the co-founders. You have Please Got a successful business. We hope that it continues to grow. There's been a very eye-opening experience certainly for me. I'm positive for my audience as well. want to publicly thank Gilad Rotem from Cups for coming on the show with us today. Uh, again, everybody – uh, who can, who has access to a smartphone or the web, should go out there and see cupsapp.com, follow them at cupsapp on Twitter, like them on Facebook. Uh, certainly it looks like right now, if you're in Tel Aviv or in Manhattan and you enjoy a nice cup of coffee, you lose nothing by downloading it and getting a free cup of coffee. If you like the service, if you like the independent shop, you never know, you might become a customer for life and uh would encourage everybody to do that. Gilad, it's been a lot of fun having you on. I hope that you'll come back on and tell us about future cities and, and more stores and, and sort of where uh, where CUPS is going to go next.
1: I'll be happy to. Thanks for having me.
0: I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Want uh, have, have, it, have both a, a good day and, and, and best of luck as you continue to grow CUPS here in New York.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: I wanted to remind everybody out there that you're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arya Lightstone. We had the privilege for the majority of our show to listen to Gilad Rotem from CUPS. Uh, the website is CUPS app and following them at CUPS app. Uh, really cool concept. We'll discuss it more in detail in a minute. You can listen to us on org or on NahumSiegel.com. Speaking of apps, go out there and download our app if you haven't seen it yet. It's pretty cool, and it's only getting better. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. I only comment that there's at least one, as I'm looking at their map once more on the CUPS app website, there's at least two independent coffee stores right near our friends at Adorama Camera. So, uh, so all of our friends at Adorama, download the CUPS app. We, uh, you know, put it on your, um, Put it on your phones over there that you can buy at uh, at Adorama and uh, and uh, you can go out and get a cup of coffee while you're waiting. So that's pretty exciting. Um, this was interesting to me to be able to have a, a guest who sort of walked us through the cultural concepts of what was going on but more than the cultural concepts, building a test product in Tel Aviv making it successful in Tel Aviv and bringing it here uh, to New York City. One of the comments that Gilad made that I thought was very uh, intriguing was the concept of um, the difference in consumer, meaning you think you drink coffee, you drink coffee, but it's really disposable income. It's perhaps even putting a whole month on your card in advance is an interesting concept. Uh, maybe it doesn't. You know, exist in the Israeli uh, cultural world to the same degree, and and maybe that's why you know New York City was a more logical next step than than Jerusalem, than the new Uh It escapes me now that uh, that Gilad had had signed off. I meant to uh, to wish him first of all a uh, you know Yom HaTzmut and we're approaching Yom Yushalayim. Uh It's a pretty exciting time uh to identify with the state of Israel, it has to be a little bit of a challenging time uh to be certainly a proud Israeli and and not in Israel. So uh that's uh that's one of the things wanted to wish all of all of the Israeli friends at app and everybody out there, you know, uh, happy, uh you know, successful uh Yom uh, Yom and, and soon to be Yom Yerushalayim. So that uh that for us was I think a first having that whole cultural swing. We've got people who have been uh, in Israel and Israelis running startups there, but to to bring it here and to be part of the ERA incubator, and we're going to try to get on, if not the next show, the show after uh, ERA incubator, Y incubator. Uh, there are different places where companies can come from abroad and from local that get the nurturing and get the support in order to have a degree of success when they get here which is obviously important to be able to get off the ground and uh, and like you said, he's introducing a new concept. Uh, with really a new product both to the stores and to the consumers, uh, it's an interesting piece all around. So, like we try to do here on our show when we can, is to try to connect, um, you know, economy, entrepreneurism, technology, and Israel at the same time. To me, it, it, it begs the opportunity to bring up the Genesis Prize. I don't recall whether it was awarded today, uh, yesterday or tomorrow, but it's, uh, you know, this week, this past week, um, the uh, the Genesis Prize, uh, the inaugural one, is being awarded to uh, former Mayor Mike Bloomberg, uh, which is pretty exciting. For those people not familiar with the Genesis Prize, it was uh, given. It's it's an independent organization. Um, it uh, it was created uh, by a wealthy, um, uh, Jewish fellow from the former Soviet Union who wanted to create essentially what they, they joke is, uh, not joke, but the, the Jewish Nobel Prize, uh, for contribution, uh, in a significant and meaningful way. Uh, to the world, uh, but specifically for, for Jews who have done that. Um, the Genesis Prize, I'll just read you the mission straight from the website. The Genesis Prize seeks to recognize individuals who have attained excellence and international renown in their chosen professional fields and whose actions, in addition to their achievements, embody the character of the Jewish people through commitment to Jewish values the Jewish community, and or to the State of Israel. Beyond demonstrated qualities of achievement and commitment, the Genesis Prize, in keeping with the Jewish values for which it stands, serves to recognize the laureate's contribution to the betterment of humankind. It would really be a thrill for us to be able to have one of our uh, um, guests from our show be able to uh, to please God one day be a winner of the Genesis Prize, which would be fun. Um, the, the winner of the prize gets a million dollars, which is certainly uh, a lovely prize, I I'm assuming Bloomberg is donating it. I believe I read something about that and it's awarded by the Prime Minister of Israel to a single individual and there's a partnership that that nurtures and, and monitors and, and creates this genesis – Uh, prize opportunity, which includes the office of the Prime Minister of the State of Israel, the Genesis Philanthropy Group, which donated $100 million to keep this endowment going in perpetuity, and the office of the Chairman of the Executive of the Jewish Agency of Israel, which of course is Natan Sharansky. This partnership and worldwide nomination process, the goal of the Genesis Prize, is to inspire unity throughout the global Jewish community. Uh, There was much news created last week by Jay Leno going to Israel uh in order to uh present the Genesis Prize to Mike Bloomberg and uh just like Scarlett Johansson with SodaStream um you know Jay Leno was given a tremendous amount of flack uh in the um in the world of people who decide that's an appropriate thing to do to people who stand up for what's right and what's good in the state of Israel etc and uh and Leno uh stood stood strong he stood strong not only uh, you know, uh, resisting any of the pressure by people to say that he should, you know, boycott uh, or not participate in the Genesis Prize or anything going on in Israel, he came out incredibly strongly, incredibly powerfully, uh, pro-Israel, excited about being Israel, excited about the Genesis Prize, excited about the opportunity that he was going to have, uh, which was which was interesting. If you saw Twitter, I believe last Wednesday. Um, you know, May, maybe 20th or so, it had, uh, Jay Leno meeting, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu in advance of, of giving out the prize, and that was, it was a pretty interesting experience. It's not normally who you necessarily see the Prime Minister or Jay Leno hanging out with, but it gave a certain sense of pride, certain sense of excitement in terms of what was going on. So I'd encourage you, if you haven't checked out the Genesis Prize, so it's genesisprize.org, you'll have an opportunity to, to read all about it um to see how the nomination process works what the purpose of it is and it's it's really a beautiful opportunity to to give credit in the news for for Jews doing good things and uh, and Bloomberg, um, in addition to you know his company, in addition to being the mayor, uh, is incredibly philanthropic, just absolutely incredibly philanthropic to his university, to to causes uh, around the world in New York and in, in, in Maryland, etc. And uh, and a worthy recipient of the of the first Genesis Prize. Uh, so that should give at least New Yorkers some pride uh, that uh, that uh, the former mayor had the opportunity to be the the first winner, and that's uh, that's pretty exciting. So that was one of the pieces that uh, that certainly made the news over the past week in terms of, I don't want to call it technology, but innovation. Uh, if we would take one step back, and before taking one step back, I'll remind everybody that you are listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am your host, R.J. Lightstone. You can listen to us on JM and the AM.org or nachumsegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama, Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at Adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. I will remind people that with Father's Day around the corner, uh, it seems like for whatever reason June is barn-bought mitzvah season. Uh, it's a great place to go get that gadget. That technology, that uh, that camera, that that iPad, that whatever else it would be, um, they'll help you out in person. Uh, they'll help you out on the phone, and their website is easy to use. So I recommend them certainly as a sponsor of our show. If you enjoy the show, uh, support our sponsor. But I also I would recommend them as a consumer. They they have been a pleasant place to go shop and and. Uh, um, Finding stuff for my father is not simple. He, he's big into photography. Loves his cameras. Loves his computers. Adorama was able to find uh, for us what it was that uh, that they felt that he would be interested in, and and I'll, I'll update you after Father's Day whether indeed they were correct or not. Um, but uh, you know, as we mentioned that the concept of the Genesis Prize is really a unique, a unique thing that that exists in the world in order to foster. You know, a, a, a specific drive amongst the Jewish people, and I don't think Bloomberg was, was necessarily motivated by the million dollars, certainly not, or, or by the, by the recognition that he was going to get. He's been on bigger stages and has earned a lot more money. But I think that the purpose of the Genesis Prize, as, uh, as it says on their site, was to create a role model system, uh, for, for Jewish people across the world, uh, to be able to understand that, that we are examined, uh sometimes more carefully oftentimes more carefully and and therefore there's an opportunity to also do certainly greater harm uh but on the flip side of that much greater good and uh and there's a chance to be able to do that in a meaningful way and that's that's something that we really have to give great consideration to and great thought to and 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 be aware of that uh in a sincere level of understanding so so credit and and shout out to to the Genesis Prize and again, have an opportunity to check them out online. Um, The last update that I really wanted to share with you on this week's Tech Talk was we had John Medved on maybe our third show uh, in this exciting new venture that that I feel that we're on together in a level of partnership, you the listening audience and I love when you guys email. If you don't mind, keep the emails and and tweets coming at on Twitter at LightstoneA A. Uh, or you can email, um, A-Lights Gmail, uh, and, uh, and feel free to, to suggest guests, to, to have comments, and, and we try to take what you say pretty seriously and to try to improve, uh, the show in that direction. So, uh, so feel free to keep all of that coming. Um, we had John Medved on, uh, again, maybe our third show, and uh, he is the CEO of a company, Our Crowd. I had an opportunity this week to meet with one of his newest hires running the New York office over here, and we're going to bring him on in a couple weeks. It's fun to see these things sort of get going and be full circle. So, if you follow John Medved, and I, I would encourage you should, if you're interested in tech, if you're interested in Israel, uh, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, he he succinctly gives um, nice ideas, uh, quick articles, constant updates on what. Things are like in Israel, what things are like in technology, uh, not only successful exits, which, which there have been a lot of since January 1, and maybe we'll have a show talking about that in a couple of weeks. We'll do a six-month update on the, uh, startup economy, which should be pretty fun. Uh, so we'll have a chance to, uh, to speak about that. Um, but, uh, but he also will, you know, talk to you about some of the, the latest and, and greatest technology that people are exploring. Um Some of it's simple, like selling coffee in a more convenient way and leveraging independent coffee shops so they can sell like they're a bigger brand it's a cool concept technically i don't think it 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 was such a uh you know um Innovation from a technology perspective, but it fills a need and where there's a need to be filled, you know, has the opportunity to be successful. So that's pretty exciting. The, the second piece, though, is some of these technologies that our crowd specifically is very heavy into, at least researching and also investing into, are just awesome. I'll just share with you one idea that uh, that I was told about this week is that. It with, and I'm not positive if I'm using the correct words or not, but from a biometrics perspective, um, they have uh, ways to be able to tell, let's say you're banking online or you're doing something else that's password sensitive and you hold your cell phone or your fingers on the keyboard or whatever it is at a specific angle normally as you go through and you do that, it would have the ability based upon what it would detect as abnormal usage – Right, abnormal usage would have the potential to detect um, and, and send you through a different layer of uh, of um, uh, of passwords that you would potentially have. We'll, we'll try to bring on our crowd as an investor or uh, or the company itself to go ahead and to talk about that. But again, these are just sort of technologies that are out there that uh, that I. I it's difficult to even, to even think of, you know, how those originally come up. It's, it's really very, very fascinating and very interesting and, and that would be another follow that I would strongly recommend. Uh, the last piece of follow-up, we had Adam Jerusalem on, uh, maybe three or four weeks ago from the SAGE, uh, Gross Foundation's Initiative in Robotics. Uh, and science and engineering STEM education in, uh, in day schools across the country. And they had this past week their annual robotics competition where members from their dozens of participating schools came and, uh, and demonstrated their successes, uh, and failures and challenges and excitement in, uh, in, in pretty interesting and cutting edge, um, activities that the students themselves created and uh we look forward in, in in a future week, hopefully soon, to be able to have on some of the winning teams to discuss what that experience was like for them, what they learned and what they plan on doing in the future uh, with that knowledge. So that's uh to me is is pretty interesting and exciting stuff that uh, that we've had on our show. Uh we had today again Gilad Rotem from Cups. Check them out at Cups app. That would be following them on Twitter or cupsapp.com. Download it, get a free cup of coffee. Uh, tweet them that you heard about it on Tech Talk here with R.A. Lightstone. Let's see if we can get some buzz in social media for that. And, uh, wish them luck as, as Israelis who've come here to test a product that, uh, began in Tel Aviv and, uh, bring it to New York and I'm sure to future cities uh, pretty soon. Um, it should be an exciting thing to be able to see grow. had a chance to mention the Genesis Prize this week and, and the winner, Mike Mayor Michael Bloomberg, and the pride that that should bring in terms of the great humanitarian and philanthropic good that he has done uh, for this city, uh, the country, and beyond. And uh, to mention that uh, this past week, Gross Robotics, uh, had their annual robotics competition and we hope to be able to have a chance to speak to the winners uh, in the very near future and hear from them what their projects were like, what they thought the coolest projects were, if they didn't have a limitation based upon resources, what their imagination would have led them to do and to see how the STEM education is hopefully preparing our students uh, for the economy of tomorrow. I wanted to thank everybody for listening to Tech Talk today on the Nahum Siegel Network. You've been listening to me, Arya Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. A happy Yom Yerushalayim in advance. Uh, and this should be uh, another week that, uh, that hopefully we hear good things in the world of technology, entrepreneurship, the synergy that happens in between Israel and the rest of the world. If you haven't been following the world's largest democracy, the new prime minister of India, one of their first initiatives is, is enhancing economic relationships with Israel. We didn't even touch upon the news last week with China's new uh, rela- or advanced relationships with Israel, the economy, and some of the investments that they've been making. It's an exciting and ever-growing and rapidly changing world out there. Today we focused on coffee. Maybe next week we'll focus on China. Have an awesome week, and thank you again for listening to Tech Talk on the Nacham Siegel Network. Doo <laughs>